Well, hello and welcome to this month's edition of Field Notes. I'm your host, Jeff Weisenberger. This month, we have not one but two guests, Rosanna Harding and Matthew Ostro with Harding Ostro, a New York-based architecture firm. They are the winners of this year's AISC Forge Prize Award for their design footbridge. Um, welcome to you both. Thank you. So we'll dive a little bit more into the uh, to the design, into Footbridge in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to find out a little bit more about your backgrounds. So let's start this way. Where, where are you both from and where did you study architecture? I'm from California. I um, took a little bit of a route to get to architecture, but I wound up at Cooper Union and um, been in New York for about 16 years since that. I'm also sort of from California. I grew up in the military moving around all over the country, but kind of wound up in California for undergrad. So I went to California College of the Arts for my bachelor's and then wanted more and came to New York for graduate school at the Cooper Union. So Matt and I were actually there at different times, but we kind of are cut from a similar cloth in that sense. So on that note, so when, when did you both first realize that architecture was something you wanted to do? Was, was there a certain building or structure that made you go, oh my gosh, I need to do this for the rest of my life? Or, or was it like me, you watched the Brady Bunch and you liked the idea of, uh, you know, being an architect working out of your house? That's a good question. It's funny. I think Matt and I both came at it from opposite ways. But for me, I, it was something very early on. I must have been nine or 10 years old. And it, I think it had a lot to do with moving around so much and living in different places and being very curious about how things get decided upon or what makes places the way they are. And I think at one point I like went to Hearst Castle as a kid and it really struck me. And then just you know right away was like, that's what I want to do. And it was pretty direct kind of been on a linear path in that sense. From when I was young, my I am, I guess, a son of, the oldest son of uh, a relative, uh, self-described couple of hippies. So they actually um, built our first house. Uh, I was probably pretty young, two, three years old. I didn't remember at the time, but my dad built our first house with paycheck to paycheck in the hills of New Hampshire um, before he moved to California. So I lived through that experience and then my dad uh, growing up, you know, he'd go to work and in a relative sort of office job. He was a chemist at a sort of large um, circuit board manufacturing company. But he'd come home and we'd have big uh, pieces of land where we'd be doing pigs and chickens, uh, raising and, and Christmas tree farming and so forth. So I think I, I got the bug to start building things. We were always building things growing up. So I think it was kind of in my blood. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, that's both interesting. You've got that your background and then Hearst Castles. You definitely came at it from different directions. <laughs> we went on so many road trips going yeah. cross country. My dad was an Air Force pilot. So every two years, it was like a completely new environment. And of course, I'm one of 10 siblings. So there was kind of a lot okay. of a lot of family outings. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, like you said, w w with that kind of history, um, a, a lot of people stay in the same place most of their lives or at least their early lives and they see what's around them all the time. But you got to see everything. Yeah. And I should add, it, it was also part of our schooling as field trips. We were homeschooled. Well, so um, with that being said, can you tell me a little bit about the origin story, so to speak, for Harding Ostro? So how did you two meet and how did you uh, decide to start a practice together? 
Uh, well, we met in New York. We were uh, both working at Diller's Video DSR, and we uh, I've been there almost 11 years or so. Uh, I went straight from Cooper and, um, and had worked a handful of other places, but then joined DSR, and we happened to wind up on the same project together, uh, which is the Hudson Yards sort of deployable shed project. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I'd been working on and off on that project for a while. And then Roseanne and I sort of clicked over our ability to both sort of design things together, but also deal with, uh, deal with the aspects of construction. So, you know, Rosanna um, was sort of tasked with a lot of the CA and we were doing some of these really intense um, sort of, you know, mixture of drawings, but also just workshops that had to do with just executing uh, what we had designed in a very bespoke way. So, um, so we met there and had a lot in common. And um, and yeah, we decided we were going to try to go make a go at things. The nature of what I tend to do is a lot of competitions. So we started entering some competitions together. Excellent. Uh, was it was it scary? You know, kind of uh, going off on your going out on your own, so to speak. It is, a, a, but on the one hand, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, and so it's in a in that way, it was kind of um, it's very dream come true to be able to come up with a concept and 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 you know design it all the way through it, the visual aspect, the drawings, the models and everything and to work with someone that is like-minded and to um you know see these projects where it's you know very clearly a vision that we both had uh, come to fruition super mm -hmm. exciting. so i'd say the excitement factor outweighs the fear factor yeah we'd also kind of taught together as well so one of the things that led us to be able to finish each other's sentences in some ways is uh, we'd been you know, various uh, engagements with teaching from studios to other classes. So, you know, both at Parsons and at Pratt. So we kind of connected that way first and um, we're helping each other out with that regard. And then um, sort of projects started to come out of that. Okay. And when did Harding Ostro start? When, when did, when did it uh, become, become a thing? Actually, we're coming up on our one year anniversary in a way we we formally uh solidified last july so yeah we're hitting a year and we're oh, okay congratulations we're in the the early early growth phase yes <laughs> sure and and that was one of the questions i had so i mean can you talk about one of your most i mean it, it, the, as a young firm um do you have so far you know is it fair to ask what your most memorable project uh together is um have there been that many there's been a couple. I mean, I would chime in and say we recently did one, um, which we found that we it didn't we didn't win, but it was actually one of the most fluid experiences we've had together on a project, which was for the the Brooklyn Bridge reimagining Brooklyn Bridge um, as a public space and as a pedestrian connection. And it was one of those projects where we were just sort of up late one night and had a sketch, and then that sketch just it was like a snowball and rolled into the project and it was very fluid and even though we we didn't ultimately get the project it's one of those ones where you look back and you think wow that was kind of an amazing process and very happy with the result 
Well, and I, I want to talk a little bit about your design, uh, your design footbridge as well. The the winner of the um, Forge Prize Award, and congratulations on that, by the way. When you first, it was it a situation when you first heard about the uh, the competition? You're you, you're like, ah, we have just the thing, or was it something that you had to uh, kind of think about a little bit and then come up with it? I mean, I, I I'm guessing you guys are big fans of the Highline. I certainly am. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a little bit of that. Um, it's a it's a a very sort of critical artery in Manhattan that connection point. And so there's been competitions and other, um, you know, premise premises for that connector. And so it's something that we had been thinking about. And of course the shed is right there on 30th street. So, mm -hmm. and we were, um, we were at dealer's good video at the time. So we spent a lot of time in that area. Um, and it, it's, as a public uh, space, it's kind of always been a, an important question. And then as we're working on the shed and sort of very intensely working with steel fabricators, um, and Matt can speak more of that, but our heads were very much into this problem already. And so we had, we had kind of conceived the idea prior to the Forge Prize. And then as we found out about the competition, it was sort of like an aha moment where it was like, this is exactly our kind of thinking that we've sort of been mulling over. So let's let's go for it. And then we kind of um, pushed hard for phase one, and we were very happy to get through that. And then phase two was actually um, such an enjoyable process uh, for a competition, right? It was like it was kind of a luxury in a way to to be able to think about things practically and think about thing think about design and fabrication um, in 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 our own process together, right? Because we, we had been dealing with some of these questions and issues um, in our professional lives at other offices. And so to have the opportunity to really go for it uh, together and sort of sky's the limit way, it was really a, a great opportunity for us. Yeah, and I think that that's part of, it's part of an interesting trend uh, that I don't know, I think I've seen in the past 10 or 15 years about competitions is sometimes you get, which I have to disclose I do a lot of, and it's an interesting uh, process to do a competition, maybe more on the European model that you really get down there and detail it. Um, so if you do competitions in, in say, you know, Western Europe or, or, or sort of Central Europe, they really want details and pricing and what are the materials and, it's it's a it's a almost not rendering based scenario where um, where they actually request no renderings or maybe one rendering and then the rest is drawings where the sort of practical nature of most competitions and the practical nature of being so involved in executing jobs it it's it's wonderful to come across a competition that's judging based on execution and not just um, sort of possibility of this clear blue sky when when you're so deep in the reality of getting something built that maybe um, that balance sometimes swings to one side. So it was nice to do a competition that 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 had a sort of tone to it that was that was clear. This particular fabricator, um, STS Steel, we had never worked with before, um, but it was it was great. It was uh, you know. He, our um, collaborator was so 
interested in the big ideas, but then was, uh, you know, I think he was also a little bit surprised at how much we were treating it like a real project. Right. <laughs> and I think that he kind of mentioned that after the fact that he, he was like, I, at times I thought I was working on a real project. I forgot it was a competition. So well, that that's also <laughs> Rosanna's ability to hold people to the fire. You said you're going to do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were returning sketches and stuff back and forth. But I think that um, what was interesting about uh, Glenn's ambition and particular to the footbridge, which is just uh, being matched with somebody who wasn't afraid of um, the concept that we wanted to start with, which was just really not coating the steel. So, you know, clearly the shed had went through a lot of – I've been on – a lot of projects from galvanized to intumescent to you name it, um, coatings on steel and sometimes the most beautiful moments of steel projects that I've been a part of and had to go inspect before they get on boats is, mm -hmm. is that moment before they're sandblasted and primed and, and get their two to four layers of paint system. And so our ambition was to actually do a job. We, we really, had an idea for more of an urban park in that area, but then to be able to leave it basically naked, just say this is sort of rawness of the material, let it weather over time. So do you have an idea in mind for next year's Forge Prize, uh, Forge Prize program? <laughs> Good question. I think at this point we feel very happy with our recent win, and I think we're kind of setting our sights on a different uh, typology. I think we're we're gonna kind of shift and sort of maybe look at something uh, more residential and try to push um, a kind of prototype around prefabrication things like that. Sure. Uh, but after coming off of <laughs> footbridge and then we and then this pedestrian concept for the Brooklyn Bridge, I think we're yeah now we're kind of open to another another um, typology. Sure, understandable. How has the COVID situation affected your your work and life in general, especially being in, in New York City? I think it's affected our dining room table the most. <laughs> <laughs> the dining room table is now the like epicenter of everything from conference calls to homeschool to dinner. It's like we're constantly shuffling things left and right. Um, but I mean, it's we're right in the thick of Brooklyn uh, sure. near Cobble Hills, and you know we have two kids with us, and so it's it's kind of a it's a Tetris game on a on an hourly level. That's a great way of thinking about it. I, yeah. um, it's it's a, I mean I you know that's a good visualization. I mean I'm in Chicago, but. I, we have a little more room here, but yeah, um, being like you said in, in Brooklyn, um, yeah, <laughs> limited space, obviously, and then you just need to figure out the best way to uh, fit all those pieces in. Right, and it's the audio aspect that we realize is the toughest thing because it, it transcends borders. <laughs> That's, this is very true. Yeah, you, you, I don't know until they figure out a way to put, like make these little soundproof, like flexible pods that they can just put around everybody. Um, yeah, I guess that's something we have to deal with. Yeah. So on, on that subject, um, you know, neither of you, it sounds like, are actually from New York. Um, can you talk just a little bit about what you like most about the city in normal times? I should I should yeah. add that. Yeah, that, that's 
that's the thing, right? Is for me, a big part of it was the vibe, the vibe of New York City and the, uh, the energy and the excitement of being at the epicenter of all the activity and the lack of the activity is, it's fascinating because it then brings other things to the foreground. Um, but I don't know, I've, since a kid, and maybe I and was that linear about it as I was about architecture, but I, I just sort of always wanted to live in New York and be with the folks here that kind of want to push the envelope and the, the, the speed of it all. Like, I, personally, I, I like the, the, the kind of rapid turnaround on multiple fronts. Yeah, and there's been a really interesting, at least in our community, our friends and so forth, there's a really interesting um, sort of evolution that happened, I think, where New York has this sort of cutthroat mentality, like, okay, everybody wants the other job. I think there's a really interesting sort of helping each other out that's gone on, at least in the architecture community, where... Um, where there's people are start are happy to look out for each other. So you know, if there's there's somebody that, that loses their job or a firm gets hit. There's a little bit of spreading around that's going on, and there's there's just a more of a community feel sometimes than just individually in your firm or you know what what job is or what position or you know what what can we do next. It's a little bit of how you know let's make sure we're all taken care of. So that aspect of how we live and uh, and then of course analyzing spaces you know we can't all eat outside in the winter so how can we design something or, or just start to think about the way that we embody an office building and um, little conversations that go from the lunchroom to uh, when we go back to offices just how to keep safe and the things we touch and how to make schools in a uh, in a really safe environment, all those aspects are are a little bit of the architect's territory. So um, it's an interesting sort of d change focused in New York in a way that might not happen in a in a suburban situation. There are there are certainly efficiencies that we have now realized are there. Be, you know, working from home, but it's interesting because when you think about the the time we spend in transit which we don't spend any time in transit now. And, and, but that time, it's a funny thing, that time was a place for your mind to not necessarily have to be immediate or to be doing a specific task at hand. Mm -hmm. And it's a time for your mind to wander or listen to podcasts or you know, music or, or just like prepare for what it is you're gonna do going into a meeting. And right. without that time, we're now using it for immediate tasks, but then there, we're sort of lacking that that in-between headspace so sure. it's it's a uh, I don't know we'll see how how we deal with it I'm sitting here saying I don't miss the commute but that decompression aspect of it when I don't have depression and amping up too the like yeah, morning amping yeah. your up <laughs> okay I gotta go deal with these room of 10 contractors and I'm gonna have to defend <laughs> this crazy design that we've come up with all right, let me put my shields on and, and go into battle. But, but right. you know, sort of now you kind of wake up. There's a bit of almost insecurity. You know, like you wake up and you were 10 minutes ago, you know, just in your living room. <laughs> so it's a funny, it's a funny inversion. Very true. 
Yeah, you put on a collared shirt sometimes for a meeting and it's like, well, do, does it really make a difference? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah.